Welcome to Automos with FP Wellman. I am Fred Wellman, your host. My God, another exciting week in America, mostly focused on the judicial system and the failures of that, as well as the craziness. As we speak, a massive hurricane, of course, came ashore in Florida, which has forced Ron DeSantis to go back to the state. He nominally governs, uh, pretend he's the governor for a few days. Uh, also, at a horrible shooting, which I'm sure we'll talk about. Uh, his welcome home has been anything but welcome. Uh, it's just a lot to talk about this week. So, you know, let's just get right to it. Welcome, welcome, welcome. As I said before, I am Fred Wellman, the host of On Democracy, the FP Wellman. Welcome to the show. You're in the right place. If you're in the wrong place, that's cool. Just stay. You'll enjoy it. I promise. Anyway, Donald Trump's campaign announced they raised over $9 million since his mugshot came out. Okay, <laughs> which is really something. At the same time, Morning Consult just released their weekly poll and shows Republican voters have actually solidified in their belief that Trump is the only person that could beat Joe Biden now. Uh, they found that 62% of Republican potential primary voters believe that he is the best chance they've got to beat Joe Biden. That's up 9% since they last asked that question. It's the highest they've had since they started asking that question back in April of this year. Now, uh, <laughs> sadly, John, uh, just 13% felt that Ron DeSantis could beat him. And surprise. Surprisingly, since a lot of people thought he would be rising, Vivek Ramaswamy has actually fallen four points and he's he's, uh, you know, doesn't pay just to be the nutter of the week, uh, which we will talk about. You know, just all this goes to show the Republican Party has absolutely lost their minds. Uh, I've got just the guest to discuss that. <laughs> so we welcome Rex, Rex Hockey's national com opinion columnist at USA Today, where he occasionally writes mildly amusing columns in the news of the day <laughs> before joining USA Today. He was with Chicago Tribune for an internally long time of 19 years. Hucky started his working life as a chemical engineer uh, before I wanted to mention, I, I don't usually read the whole bio, Rex, but you went to the University of Missouri and we're shooting from St. Louis. So, oh, uh, you. <laughs> you know, go it's, it's our, yeah, go Mizzou, M-I-Z. Uh, you know, one of Rex's greatest contributions to civil discourse and the good of the nation is his annual insult to communist uh, drive for local food banks across the country. I'm a proud member of Team Rex Stinks <laughs> for two years <laughs> running. <laughs> you know, we appreciate you, but I'm sure we'll talk about that later. Man, welcome to the show. It's so good to have you on here finally. Yeah, it's great to be here. Thank you yeah, so much. We've given you hell for a couple of three years now, so it's good. To I know, yeah, this is <laughs> years in the making. That's good. It is. It's <laughs> finally happened. You know, I, I, let's just roll right into that first one, right? Trump indictment, mugshot, all the stupid commentary around that, right? They're literally trying to convince us a guy with 91 felony charges and four jurisdictions and a mugshot now is the best chance of winning the election. You know, I, you know, I mean, this is a country where we have a history of guys falling out of presidential races from weird screams and bad pictures and tanks. I mean, isn't this all insane it, it is and, and you know I, I i don't know how you feel but i should be used to it by now yeah. like i should be numb to this but i'm not man right. I, when i saw the mugshot stuff i was like and we knew it was going to happen right we knew right. immediately we, well, even before uh, weeks before it happened he'll, he's going to market this he's right. going to make money off it right but still the, to to see people making the argument that oh this now he's got it. They, you know, take that, Libs. Like you just made him, you know, unstoppable. Yeah. And I'm like, what are we doing, man? I mean, the, like, you know, it's 91. I mean, these are serious. They're, state, they're federal. A lot of it is stuff where we've seen a lot of the evidence against him. Yeah. Uh, and look, you know, everybody's innocent until proven guilty, blah, blah. But you can't find somebody who doesn't have the you know, the 91. Well, that's the weird thing, like 50, right? Maybe? Yeah. And, and the way they're spinning it is just so mind boggling. I think Jesse Waters, you know, did you talk about, oh. yeah, I talked, I talked to my garbage man and oh my uh, he's God. black. Oh. And he, 
Like they can't even. They, they can't. You know, their their racism has become so reflexive right. at this point that they don't even really make an effort to try it, uh, try to hide it or anything. Yeah, the right. Jesse Waters thing was, you know, yeah, I talked to my garbage man and who we now have to assume is black because that's what he's talking about. Yeah, and uh, you know, he said he's buying mugshot T-shirts for his whole family. I'm like, oh, shut up, man. I mean, come on. Come on. And, and there's a bunch of I've, I've seen that so many times now from various uh, everything from, you know, sort of Fox News, your quote unquote mainstream pundits there yeah. to, uh, you know, to just far right, complete nutters uh, babbling on about how, well, yeah, now he's now huge in the black community because of this. It's like that's so that's offensive on more levels than I can count. Yeah. And also just nonsense. I mean, it's just utter nonsense. Right. It's not based on a fact. And they try right. to spin. They're trying to spin some poll uh, on Fox where it shows that he only got, what, 6 percent of the vote in 2020. But a new poll shows him getting 20 percent of the black support. And the kicker is the poll was like, literally says, I think the margin of error for black. because So one of the things, that, as you know, with black, with polling, often with especially the black community and major polls that get all black, the black representation of polls is really low. So the margin of error for that segment of the poll is low. And that specific fake poll they're trying to spin i think the margin of error was plus or minus nine percent yeah, you know? Was 10, 10, yeah. <laughs> you know? So, yeah which is just insane you know it's so it's yeah. just the, the desperation of it and 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 it just it just kind of keeps on going i mean and on top of that something i've been talking about as, far as, as we talk about desperation is the desperation on the republican side to try and save him now right i mean uh you've got uh, the house gop just going crazy jim jordan is going to launch an investigation of fawny willis mdg biggs gates ogles clyde all are trying to investigate or defund the various judges, prosecutors, and officers. But I, I, I wanted to <laughs> – did you hear about the Andy Ogles thing he filed two weeks ago where he wants to defund – specifically defund paying uh, just Jack Smith? Did, did you see that one? Yeah. yeah. But yeah, did you read the name? Yeah, I got to read the name. I got to read the name for our listeners. That's brilliant. The Andy <laughs> – it is. I actually did a video about it. Andy Ogles yanking outlays for an unethical, ruthless enterprise that fraudulently impedes robust election debate act or the you're fired act. Yeah, we get it. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, Good job, buddy, you you're doing be, great. You're fucking kidding me. You know, I read that. I, I did. I, I almost ruined my laptop. It's just the ridiculousness of it. And 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 I don't know who they're trying to appeal to. I, I guess daddy. Um, they're trying to thrill daddy. I mean, do any of these have any hope? Uh, no, no, yeah. it's all nonsense. And uh, I mean, you know, there's been stuff written ever since they started proposing these things about, you know, will a government shutdown, stop it. Right. No, won't. Just, the Justice Department stuff keeps going. Uh, the special counsel is already basically funded effectively. So it's just it's so pathetic and and you know especially as a liberal type who's always you know seen the the GOP is the party of law and order right you know to see them i mean they're they're trying to defund everything right they want to get rid of the FBI the DOJ they want to you know not pay jack smith they want to undercut all of these prosecutors ron DeSantis is like you know just just tossing elected yeah. uh, attorneys in florida uh i mean it's very bizarre and it and it smacks of desperation i i i honestly it's going to appeal to that hardcore base right which you know is easy i mean that just throw red meat in their direction and ah, you know they'll be happy yep. uh, but i don't think that that you know the key for trump is, is going forward assuming he winds up being the nominee is gaining voters and i just don't see any instance where he's gaining anybody at all I and mean, i think this sort of stuff 
bothers you know the the sort of the regular people who the are normies not, uh, i call them normies yeah right yeah who aren't just like soaking in this stew of weirdness so right and i talk about that a lot uh you know my 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 partner in crime heather her her parents in their 80s um they're they're my my focus group <laughs> and uh anybody who listens to the show knows about my my 80 year old focus group which is two 80 year old people who just lovely human beings and lifelong republicans and and while her father is much more embroiled in the fox news world than her mother Neither of them are on Twitter, by the way. So I'm sure they missed t- t- Donald Trump's interview with you know Tucker right. Carlson. And they're they are no- they're normal Americans. They are hardworking. Grew up in Nebraska. These are these are uh, you know worked in industry for their entire lives. They're they're not they're not the types going to go. Well, what's 91 felonies? I mean, and and the thing is, you know, as we we talked about a lot when I was at Lincoln Project um, for the general, we had to peel off four to six percent of his base uh, for him to lose, which happened. Right. That's that's kind of where he lost. Um, I don't see them coming back. Do you see someone coming back at this point? You know, I, I don't. And, and also you have four more years of young people entering voting right. age, uh, which I think is even if he was to gain a little bit of that back, it's going to get offset pretty quick because, you know, when you have a among other among many other things, you have a debate stage full of Republican candidates all denying climate change and that sort of thing. You know, not to mention the abortion issue. Yeah. You're losing big time among younger voters. Um, so yeah, I don't, I, I mean, it can still, I, I, I will never again say that Donald Trump can't get elected. There's that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, I've learned my lesson on that front, but, uh, it's a steep hill. That's for sure. And, and I don't see this, this farcical idea that the indictments help him is, it, I think is nonsense because there are people who, you know, are going to see that and just be like, oh, it's crazy. And yeah. it's honestly, it's a, it's such a missed opportunity. It, it, and we've been, I know we've been saying this forever, but yeah. if the Republicans just cut him loose, yeah. I mean, I realize they have that base that they're going to lose, but they have such an opportunity right now because like it or not, Biden is, you know, he's gettable, right? For right. if you're, a, if you're the Republican party and you have a strong candidate, you could certainly uh, put up more than a good fight, I think, against Joe Biden, whether that's, you know, should be the case or shouldn't be the case or whatever, but yeah. it's the truth. So if you had like a, you know, normal candidate, basically, who wasn't spewing just weirdo nonsense and getting, you know, mugshots taken every other week or whatever, uh, you'd probably stand a pretty solid chance. Yeah. But, you know, the way this is going, nothing's impossible, but they sure are going to make it hard, you know, so. Well, that's it. And, you know, we talk about that a lot is is the number of opportunities they've had to cut him loose, right? They, they, yeah. they had impeachment, impeachment, you know, it, 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 there's been opportunity after and, and I think from now, I always look at the, when those key moments was McCarthy going down to Mar-a-Lago after January 6th, just three weeks yeah. later, right? It was, it, was, it was really sort of, a, and I would love to get the inside story of that someday, you know, what led to that decision per se. It'd be interesting to know, like, obviously the hunger for being House Speaker someday, but it was just a weird that seems like when it, everybody's like, okay, we got this. I think I don't know if he made a deal. Have you ever heard any? I mean, it just that was the that just I always point that as the moment, don't you? I think you're absolutely right. Yeah, that was you know kind of a bend the knee sort of thing, and and that was it, the impeachments would have been great, but absent the impeaches, excuse me, the impeaches, the impeachments, <laughs> and the impeachments. I love peaches. <laughs> yes, you could have, you could have, you know. Post January sixth, really, at any point in right. that in that general ballpark, you could have uh, jumped ship pretty damn quick, and you would have been on good footing, and you would have had time to recover that base. You know, right. I mean, now I kind of get it. Like now, if they, you know, if they boot Trump for some reason, which they're not going to do, but if they did hypothetically, 
you're losing 20%, maybe 30% even possibly of your base. Yeah. It's just going to be totally disincentivized and, and you know, yeah. that's a problem. If they'd done it back then though, I think they would have had some time to recover. They could have focused more on Biden and had less of the Trump shenanigans to deal with. Um, so yeah, I, I don't get it. And I, I feel like, you know, someday maybe we'll learn the backstory or yeah. it may have just, it may just be naked opportunism. You know, they have yeah. this base hooked and they want to just keep pulling in money. They want to keep, you know, them riled up and have that uh, not not suffer the pain of having to kind of separate from that base. I don't know, but yeah, I, yeah. I think you're spot on. Though. That that was a moment where you were just like, okay, they're sticking with him. Here we go. And I think there is a there. I think we ignore the money aspect way too much. Uh, mm -hmm. There is money to be made in the being in the in the far right, the MAGA chud world. I mean, look, you made nine allegedly nine point four million dollars in about four days. Uh, by by talking about his mugshot, right there, you know, you look at Marjorie Green, you look at the others, then you look about that what I, you know, the the right wing extremism uh, ecosphere, you know, the Charlie Kirks, and the and there there is a, there's money to be made in that world, and I think it drives a lot of this, but it doesn't, it's not all the answers, right? It is, and then there's the fear factor. I've I've actually heard that from electeds who talk their Republican peers, and they're they're like, look, dude, I can't, you know. You know, not just, and it used to be like, oh, well, I'll get primaried. I honestly think there's a no shit fear fact. Like they're afraid. I mean, yeah, you know? absolutely. Because we've seen No, it. I mean, I, you know, it, I, I haven't, <laughs> it hasn't quieted me down at all, but, you know, fairly early on in, in the Trump era, the the vitriol and the number of threats that I got, that sort of stuff went like just through the roof. Right. And again, it didn't, it didn't stop me, but it's in your head. You know, you think about it. Uh, you know, I'm not going to lie to you. You definitely like, uh, you know, you have that moment where you're like, well, do I want to say this? And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to say it. But yikes, you know, <laughs> you say it, you know what's coming. So for and that's for me, you know, relative nobody. So, I mean, when you're a politician and people, you know, really, you know, you got people in your district, you've got, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah, I, I believe that the fear, the actual fear, uh, like like physical fear, is yeah. a, a legit part of it, as well as just the you know the money, the opportunism, the getting primaried, all that. Yeah, and it takes away, you know, I, I and we will keep laughing because, you know, I, it's funny. Sometimes I've had people criticize the show because, oh yeah, you guys laugh about these very serious things. Like, look, you know, I one of the funniest jokes, the funniest laughs I ever had was uh, when I got shot at in combat the first time. <laughs> you know, it's just you, you got to laugh at some point because we're all going to lose our minds. I mean, some of us been, and like you said. I, I, I came out very strongly against Trump early on, um, right after the, the POW comment about John McCain. And I went very public. It popped as one of my Facebook memories not too long ago, like <laughs> when I really went like, okay, I can't keep my silence anymore. And I got to tell you, I paid a price uh, professionally for, I had a business then that was focused on veterans issues and these nonprofits were scared. Yeah. Because, you know, access is everything, right? You know, they, they, they didn't want to miss a chance to get into the White House and see and I joke about the Easter egg roll tickets. I mean, it really was weird. It was a very weird time. And uh, it, it, it hurt my business very much. And then, of course, with Lincoln Project, I definitely, I mean, I, there there was a period, and I don't talk about it much, there was a period where, you know, I installed cameras at every freaking door and inside because of the threats I was getting, my, my address yeah. being published. Yeah. There was a time, I lived right in the Main Street in Richmond, Virginia at the time. And uh, like you could stand on the sidewalk and, you know, hi. And uh, I was literally packing heat inside my house, which is the craziest thing. Um, yeah. But that's where we were. But so I, I get it. You know, 
And you know, on that note, what of your columns? I say you you were writing for 19 years. You know, you now you're you say today you've been to which column is the which column set the most off? Like, I'm just curious. I just it's a curiosity question. You know, off topic. Which of your column? I mean, I'm sure there's one that like really sent things into the stratosphere. Well, actually, the the the, the thing that caused the most problems for me was one where I uh, mentioned Alex Jones. Ah. Okay. <laughs> the audacity. So it was, I was writing about, if I remember right, this is a while ago, but if I remember right, it was Donald Trump Jr. made some awful comment about transgender kids. Right. And I, and this was during the campaign in 2016. And I said, and I wrote a thing being like, look, you can't, I mean, the son of a presidential candidate saying this kind of crap is just, this is beyond the pay. Like, this is just disgusting, you know, and this is like Alex Jones paranoia. Yeah, I got I, some right. reference to Alex Jones. So the, the column, I, I got a lot of a lot of blowback from Alex Jones enthusiasts, but then he read the column on his show. And ah. then he had his producer email me to see if I would come on the show. And ah. being a not bright person, uh, I responded. I was never going to go on the show, but I responded very much. I basically said something like, no. Never, not in a million years, not if he was the last person on earth or, you know, like, I, I, and if, I have to go now because I'm doing a deep investigation into, you know, uh, like fluoride turning frogs gay or something like that. <laughs> I read this real like snarky response back and that set him off. So then he spent, I'm not joking, a half hour on his show Jesus. going after me. And uh, that unleashed the hounds of hell. I mean, Jesus. I have never gotten I mean, with threats just in every direction. Like it was, it was absolutely horrible. So wow. that was that's probably the one that, that caused me the most problems. I mean, I, you know, the Trump stuff. It always you know triggers a certain number of people. Right, right. But, uh, but that one, whew, man, my uh, yeah, that wow. caused it. It's wild to be in the middle of it. I, I've had a couple of those instances, like when like Don Jr. Uh, retweeted me or a couple mm. others, you know, and, and you're like, okay, this is great. You know, you're like, okay, this is fun. You know, you know, you're getting yeah. every, every social platform you're getting threats on, like, this is fun. And it's kind of funny because people come at me a lot even now and, and will say, oh, you know, you don't know what it's like. I'm like, oh, sure. I mean, did you have your daughter's pictures plastered across Twitter and, you know, with, with you know, memes yeah, about your, your kids? You know, I was like, yeah, trust me. I, I am well aware of what we face. I've had personal experience with it. And, and people, it's, and I, but I also tell people the wonderful thing about these people or these folks is they, they get disinterested. They, they move on to the next target pretty quick, right? You know, it's like, it's, they just can't keep, it's all ADHD, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It burns out fast. It burns out real fast. That's Hot for sure. Fast. And, and, you know, go, going back to what you said about uh, laughing about things, I mean, one of the reasons that I oftentimes use a lot of satire in, in what I write about this sort of stuff is because, frankly, I, you know, it, it deserves to be ridiculed. You know, right. It deserves to be lampooned and made fun of. Right. And, and that drives, I mean, that's part of the reason that I think I dealt with a lot of blowback is because it really pisses people off when you are not just writing critically about something that Trump did or the Trump supporters are doing or whatever, but you're actually making fun of them. Right. Uh, you know, then they're, then they really get burned. So, yep. uh, but, but tough luck. I mean, you know, I mean, Trump is a, you know, I, I will never apologize for, you know, ridiculing someone who has just made a mockery of our democracy and, 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 you know, 
actually tried to, you know, overturn our debate. I mean, just yeah. so it's, I, I think that I always say, I, I started saying, and somebody, I, I can't take credit for this. Somebody else might've used this before I did, but I said, make stupidity embarrassing again. <laughs> uh, is because that to me, that's a big part of the problem. Like you see people stand up uh, and say things that are utterly inane, like just not right. like Marjorie Taylor Greene and right. Vivek Ramaswamy for that matter during the debate at times and just stuff that's just patently false. It's just nonsense. And I'm like, you should, you should feel embarrassed, right? There, I mean, there was a time when being dumb publicly was embarrassing, right? When you you said something potato so or stupid. potato, right? <laughs> right, right. The people are like, well, that's just what's wrong with you? That's yeah. embarrassing. Uh, and we've just lost that. And and I will certainly do everything I can to bring it back because I think that that is a powerful tool. It's hard nowadays to make yeah. anybody feel bad about that because they're so narcissistic and they've lost sort of any sense of, you know, integrity or, Shame. <laughs> or whatever, but you know, we keep trying. Well, that's it. And, and, and we know it makes them crazy. I mean, look, the oldest, the oldest rule in the world is the, the way to get to a bully is to mock them. They, they don't, the whole, the whole point of a bully is to feel, you know, like they're stronger and they're tougher and, yeah. and you can yell at them all day. You can try and be tougher, but in the end, if you just laugh at them, it, again, going back to my experience with LP, people always tell me, well, you don't understand what the secret LP was like. Yeah, I did. The secret was we mocked the guy and made him freaking crazy. Uh, yeah. you know, and, and that's where that's that, that special gift of Rick Wilson, especially is that, that he's very good at getting inside that bully head and, and right. DeSantis is the same way. Look at DeSantis, look how DeSantis reacts to being mocked. He just, it makes yeah. him insane. I know for a fact that every time we run a meme of him in his little cute white boots, it makes him just absolutely nuts. <laughs> and I'll never get that. I guess this is a great place for a break. Let's take a quick sponsor break. Uh, we have a couple great, our friends at BetterHelp and Sugar and Spruce joined us this week. So let's hear from them. This episode of On Democracy is sponsored by our friends at BetterHelp. And you tell you what, it's the end of summer and life is picking up speed with school starting, election season beginning, and the sudden rush of the holidays is right around the corner. It's so easy to get caught up in what everyone else needs from you this time of year. And never take a moment to think about yourself and what you need. I've always struggled this time of year. I'm not going to lie to you. It's the anniversary of some terrible losses in history. I'm a combat veteran. It's a changing season. So it's a tough time of year, even for guys like me. Because so many of us spend so much of our time working hard to keep up and giving to others, this time it can leave you feeling frazzled, stretched thin, and burned out. I've found for years now that therapy can give you the tools to find more balance in your life so you can keep supporting others without leaving yourself behind. In my own life, I've been fortunate to find therapy as helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries and generally how to become the best version of yourself. Now, I want you to know that therapy isn't just for those who have experienced life difficulties or challenges. It is for everyone because what you're going through every day, it matters. If you're thinking of starting therapy, I highly recommend you give BetterHelp a try. Now, it's entirely online, designed to be convenient. It's flexible and suited to your schedule. I started my own therapy journey online and it changed my life. With BetterHelp, you just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapy and you can actually switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Find more balance with BetterHelp. So visit betterhelp.com Fred today and you'll get 10% off your very first month on, on BetterHelp. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Fred. Give it a try today. And again, thank you, BetterHelp, for being part of the Autumoxie family. You know, this may shock you, but I'm a bit of a fan of good quality bath and body products. So I'm excited to introduce you to Sugar and Spruce. It's a woman and family owned and operated small business. 
It's all about making your bath time routine feel like a treat. At Sugar and Spruce, they believe that indulgence and self-care can go hand in hand. That's why they craft their products with the philosophy of fun, all while keeping them oh so good for you. It's all about finding the perfect balance, like a foam party for your senses, without any harsh chemicals or nasty preservatives. And guess what? They've got a little something for everyone under their umbrella. That's right, ladies, gentlemen, even the little ones can enjoy the magic of Sugar and Spruce bath products. It's a bath time extravaganza for the whole family. So, you know, look, whether you're a bath aficionado, a bubble enthusiast, or just someone who wants to add a sprinkle of joy to your day and have a great start, Sugar and Spruce has you covered. They got bath bombs that sizzle, bath salts that transport you to a serene oasis, <laughs> and handcrafted traditional soap, which I just love, to make your skin feel fresh and clean, as well as a line of products just for men. Support a woman and family-owned business. Uh, a family, you know, you might even recognize the name when you check it out. And treat yourself to some blissful bubbles today. Now, head over to their website today at sugarandspruce.com and give yourself the gift of indulgence by entering the code FRED and you'll get 20% off your first order. That's right. If you shop online and use code FRED at checkout, you'll get a whopping 20% off your first order of handmade bath and body products straight from Fredericksburg, Virginia. That's sugar and spruce, S-P-R-U-C-E.com. Sugar and spruce bath products where the everyday routines become extraordinary treats. And we're back. And, and I'd like to pull that thread. You, you mentioned the name, uh, the, 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 the loony of the week, Vivek Ramaswamy. Uh, you, know, he, you know, he really, I mean, his debate performance, and, and he's really interesting to me. It's kind of like RFK, by the way, which I actually made a joke that kind of went viral to the other day that, you know, you notice we're hardly hearing about uh, RFK Jr. anymore <laughs> because yeah, he's been out, he's been out loony, you know, and so now Fox yeah. is like, oh, we got a new one. But, you know, the, he, he's that he's that classic gaslighter. And, and if you've ever, I don't know if you've ever been to like a crypto conference or one of these fintech conferences or any kind of entrepreneur conference, you see these guys on stage and they're talking fast about their incredible, we're going to, you know, they get all the buzzwords, we're going to re-energize and rebuild and, and it's all just a string of bullshit and it's yeah, so convincing yeah. and and the stuff he says and, and you know oh, it's a climate change is a hoax i'm bought, bought it, 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 it's just crazy and then the guy is a unique character uh in uh, you know what is he though <laughs> i mean i know i mean i, I know you kind of wailed on him a little bit too he's yeah he's uh he's slick because i mean you're, right he is like um, um I, there was a column, I think it was in the Washington Post maybe the other day, comparing yeah. him to the music man. Yes. <laughs> like, yes. That, it's you know, great. Selling like, trouble with a capital T and it rhymes with P and that stands for cool. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I mean, it, it's that pattern. You know, he has right. like that. It's it's like, I think crypto is the, you know, he's like a crypto dude patter that is like where he just overwhelms people, right. I think. And he's, you know, he seems lively, he's energetic, he seems like he acts like he knows exactly what he's saying. And you see these interviews, too, where, like, he gets caught, you know, denying something he said. And they, they're they like, well, no, we're here, we have the audio. And, right. and he's like, no, 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 that's not, they misinterpreted. Like, he's, he's Trump-like in his ability to just BS his way through anything. Like, yeah. the fa you know, there is no fact that's going to get in his way. Mm -hmm. And that's tragically what a lot of the base wants right now, I think, because right. I think that's why they responded so well to him. Yeah. So I mean, he is right now, he's, you know, sort of Trump without the indictments or the, or the, you know, name recognition basically, but he's, he's pulling off. And I saw yesterday, I think Trump was, there was an interview where Trump was praising him. Yeah. Uh, 
Although that, you know, I think it was Axios that had that said, you know, Trump, it was basically suggesting like Trump is, would consider Ramaswamy for a VP spot. But the quote actually said something like, oh, he'll definitely be good at something. <laughs> yeah, I don't see Trump taking somebody who could, A, potentially overshadow him. Yeah. B, I, I don't know exactly where the evangelicals are going to go with uh, with Vivek personally. I think that's an issue that will become more uh focused on if he continues to rise in the polls, although he may not, he may also just peter out here and, you know, DeSantis will be back at his, you know, tough 17% or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, he's definitely the flavor of the week with, with uh, Fox, but it's interesting seeing Hannity, Hannity was kind of wailing on him, you know, yesterday. He he was like, you know, Lily is not what you said. Oh no, uh, that's the mainstream media. Misinterpreted. Dude, literally these are your words, you know, it's just, you know, I was surprised. I wonder if that was a, a Trump uh, missive to try to knock him down a notch or something. Yeah, like without that. him doing it. And I, I think there's a pattern though, though, Rex. I really do. I think there's a, a pattern where you'll see people who are coming up, DeSantis. I, there is a, that'd be an interesting one I'll have to look at is maybe you can't because you're a professional with this, but you know, what is the, what is the arc of the attack, right? At first, he, first it's the, the surrogates like Hannity and others will start kind of bubbling and then eventually he'll be Ramaswamy or Smarmy or whatever, you know, I mean, it, it, there's, a, there's an arc to it. I mean, I, I, DeSantis was getting knocked by people other than Trump before Trump rolled in with Meatball Ron. Um, and, you know, I, I don't, I just, it's a matter of time when he starts getting dull. If he ever gets to 20%, uh, here come the nicknames and he's done. Yeah. Yeah. Although I don't see how he, what did, what did he call he, During the debate, he called Trump the greatest president of the 21st century, whatever, yeah, or something. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, <laughs> All three of them. <laughs> Right. Yeah. I'm also like, what are you, what are you vying for here, buddy? Like, I mean, you know, that maybe that, I don't know. Something in the funny, my gut, honestly, because he is all about making money is something in the financial world, you know, FTC, you know, who knows what you want, you know, know, treasury, you know, but, but again, and then DeSantis, you know, it, it, DeSantis came out of the debate. Looking like a complete chucklehead, you know, with yeah. the, the smile thing, and I mean, he just, you know, the guy can't help not making himself a meme of himself every time. Oh, and yeah. then, and then, of course, the the tragic, and 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 we cannot joke about that. That the shooting in in Jacksonville. I've got family in Jacksonville. I love Jacksonville, Florida. You know, just just a horrible, horrible shooting. And and so now he's returned to his state as the now we've got a hurricane blowing through right now. Um, and it just seems miserable to be there. And he was welcomed with open arms. I don't know if I mean, you've seen some of the memes, you know, I mean, holy cow. I mean, uh, it's just hatred. Uh, did you see Casey speaking in South Carolina, though? Uh, yeah, I did. And I don't know what it, it, it's like a because um, she, she spent what I saw. I can't remember how long it was. It was a good like four or five minutes talking about their kids. Yeah. And how annoying their kids <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they, they draw on the walls of the governor's mansion. Like, that's like, definitely not looking for. A, my kids, they suck. Platform, like, what the? It's so, so off putting, and they're they're so off putting, and that's her desperate attempt to see like human to him. And what's weird right. too is she's the one. She was the TV personality. I mean, in yeah, theory, no, I mean, she's got her, like. I mean, I think if I don't understand why she talks about the stuff she talks about, but yeah. I mean, delivery wise, and and you know, affability wise, you know, she's a, a million times better than he is, which isn't necessarily saying much, but you know, she's certainly a much smoother communicator and and more natural communicator. But but every time I hear her talk, she's talking about these kind of inane 
things which are clearly trying to humanize him but not do it i don't i just don't know who's i'm still convinced that it's all a bunch of trump plants that are advising them because (laughs) i could as a liberal i could go in and advise them better than anybody i I swear to god i've said almost the exact same thing you know it's just so bad that would just be because i feel sorry but i have like some empathy i'd be like oh maybe don't well, what's funny too is you know the, that the 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 never back down pack leaked uh, all their stuff on on Jeff Rowe's website, and that's why I think it was a leak. By the way, I, I, if it was meant to be seen, it would have come from the PAC's website, but it ended up on on Axiom Strategies website in their news section, which is the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. And then, and we a lot of us mocked just how bad their suggestions were. By the way, their strategy: slam the vac and do this, do that, and he didn't do any of that. But shit, man, he should have at least done. I mean, his his actual strategy was even worse than the bad strategy that Jeff Rowe floated out on the Internet. You know, it's I don't know what his strategy was at that damn thing. Do you? Yeah, because he just basically disappeared. Yeah. Yeah. And there was nothing. You know, there were stretches of that where I was just like, oh, yeah, fair around it. Because I I thought he'd either either they'd coach him up well enough that he'd actually come out quasi strong. I don't think he's possible. I don't think he's capable of, of being particularly good but i thought he could pull off like you know a solid performance if he was coached well enough uh but no he just sort of vanished and then when he did talk it was the same crap and yeah you know and then uh he's so squirmy and like yeah i mean i I grew up in florida so i've always i've paid attention to him uh you know since before the the presidential stuff really even became a thing and i've always said Oh God, you put this guy on a national stage, people are going to hate him. I mean, he's so unlikable. He's so uncomfortable. Yeah. And, and politics aside, obviously I can't right. stand his politics in any way, shape, or form. But but setting all that aside, just you know, just person. I mean, look, we had, you know, like John Kerry was a terrible dem- you know, like he was just not personable yeah. and he was aloof and you know, that sort of thing. He, I mean, some candidates just don't have it. And he boy does he not have it. And uh and it's just gotten worse really i mean he's just melted and and, yeah. and uh under the spot so. and so we uh-huh. predicted it uh, uh that's sad so sad yeah. <laughs> I mean, so many predicted it. we had we had michael Steele on the show uh last year and and, and he said and then you know rnc chairman and of course I, my i'm friends with rick wilson and anybody who's followed him like you I, I, it's so often i hear people who've followed florida polity followed him say oh no he's toast yeah, the, the minute yeah. he comes out because many things you need in, first of all you need a bigger campaign staff i mean the fact that you fired a person who actually has run a campaign and hired his chief of staff who's never run a political campaign to be a presidential campaign. I mean, that was, that one kind of got blown off in the news cycle, but he literally put a guy in charge of a pre the, 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 the literally peak of a, prof, a professional campaign advisor person, you know, anybody, the peak of their career is a presidential campaign. And he literally put some dude who he just has to be his chief of staff in charge of an entire presidential campaign. And, and it's just, and that was what Michael Steele was saying is that he's got a very, very small circle. It's Casey, it's Christina Pushaw, it's a couple others. And to obviously run a successful presidential candidate, you got to expand your circle. And, yeah. and they predicted it then that he would, and here we are. And, and, and he did exactly what everyone predicted, which is weird because you think they'd at least read that. No, you know, <laughs> but you're right. He just doesn't seem capable of, of really changing in any way. He's, uh, you know, like, like you said, people's like, it's like, you know, what is it? Uh, men in black, you know, <laughs> he's, he's wearing a human suit, you know, <laughs> you yeah, know I don't know what. There's a, real, there's a real arrogance about him and about that whole campaign. Yeah. Uh, you know, they clearly are not taking anybody's advice. They are not accepting, uh, that things aren't going well where their flaws are and all that kind of stuff. And even just, I mean, uh, 
just the initial plan, which clearly was to to be worse than Donald Trump, yeah. <laughs> meaner than Donald Trump, right, more mean. cruel than Donald Trump. Why would you do that? I mean, you know, that just makes no sense at all. I mean, even if you harbor those desires, you campaign in a different place and yeah. create a lane for yourself. And and then if you want to turn into a meanie later, then fine. But, uh, you know, uh, that that's just a it's just a weird choice. I mean, anybody who thinks they can be the next Trump is there. There isn't an ex Trump. You know, he is a very unique. Yes. Figure. Yes. Um, yeah. We said a lot here on the show about how, um, and and I think every week I say it, Matt probably should tell me not to say this anymore, but there, we've had a couple of guests who have said, you know, he's, he reminds me a lot of the old Catskills comedians. I think one of our guests, you know, I said, uh, Trump, you know, he, he knows how to read a crowd. I saw an interview with Mel Brooks recently uh, in his younger days. And Mel says, and Mel Brooks tells a story when, you know, he started out, he was on, he was doing that comedian, you know, the stand-up act at the nightclubs in the Catskills, the old days, uh, you know, the insult comic routes. And it made him a better comedian because he was very good. He could read the crowd. If a joke didn't land, you knew it right away. And and in many ways, that's Trump. Trump can read a crowd and say, okay, that worked and that doesn't work. And he tests stuff out. Jeff Charlotte uh, is an author of a book called, uh, I don't think I have it up here, unfortunately. Jeff Charlotte wrote a book called uh, uh, The Undertow about the slow civil war. And he attended mm-hmm. a bunch of Trump rallies. And he talks about how he, having attended so many, and he stays in the crowd. He doesn't go to the media section. And he can see how Trump is testing lines. And if it doesn't yeah. work, you don't see it the next rally. He changes it. And, and Ron DeSantis isn't like, you know, many, mostly politicians aren't like that. They, like you said, they recruit, they rehearse, they rehearse, they have their lines. Everybody out there was spitting out lines. Maybe Chris Christie probably is the one who flexes the most, but they had yeah. all, I mean, I've done debate prep for candidates. They're, they're, those attack lines are actually written. <laughs> you know, I mean, they really are. Oh, here's, yeah. your, here's your attack line. Use it then, you know, and and, yeah. and a good yeah. candidate um, a good candidate can do well. My friend Marcus Farris did a great job with Marjorie Terry Green. Of, you know, we, we said just punch her early and he got her in the very first question and, you know, but DeSantis didn't do any of that. He didn't scuffle. He didn't, you know, he just never got off his talking points. Um, and it's it's kind of that the weird talking point, though, that, it, that I found the most striking and is actually disturbing and takes us to a more serious topic is this that story of the the fetus in a pan, the, the woman who survived abortions. And I don't know if you saw the story. Jezebel did a story, I think, this week where they really right. went into it. Yeah, that it, Actually, the truth was it was a coat hanger abortion. This woman's from the 1950s. Her father was the first one to try and stop the birth of her mother. It, so it actually is, it's actually a, a, tr- a tale of why abortion should be legal, safe, and accessible. <laughs> you know? yeah, that was so bizarre. I would, and that just, again, that was one of those things that just sort of threw everybody, you know, the pan and the, just the way it was described is very, you're like, what the hell are you talking about? Right. Like nobody, you know, it, it was not a, a broadly familiar enough story for anybody to get it. And it didn't sound, it almost didn't sound quite believable. Yeah. Probably because it's a one, you know, a thing that happened one time, what, you know, 50 plus years ago, you know, it's just, yeah. it was bizarre. And, and, you know, of course, then it sets up for, you know, the, the fact actual fact. Fact. right, and, right. And people you know, the story, which, as you said, yeah, it just is making the to make. I don't think so. Yeah, it was weird, and I don't know if he's told that story before, but it was just it was such a it was such a failure. And but but we go into the seriousness of things, right? The hate crimes are rising, uh, diversifying. It feels like you know, I, I had Michael Harrett in the show a few weeks ago, and I I, I said the it was and Michael Harrett 
by the way, folks, if you're not reading his stuff uh, at the Grio or anywhere, you're really making a mistake. But Michael, I said to Michael, I said, um, you know, I felt like this was the last gasp um, efforts, the, this violence and the, and the civil war threats of white majority rule. And man, I got to tell you, Rex, I love he straightened my ass out. I mean, he did, you know, he, he came at me. He's like, no, you know, I, I don't, they, we said that in 1866. We said it in 1910. We said it in the 1960s. That's the last gasp. It's never been the last gasp, Fred. That, that's and he basically put me in my place like that's people like you. I <laughs> think that, yes. but people look like me know better, you know, and I, I mean, how do you, I mean, and you've had the threats, you you have a national perch now, you've been writing for 20 years. How do you see this moment? I mean, it's, it feels like a very, very dangerous moment. I mean, uh, where's your head on this? Yeah, you know, this is the thing. So the, the, obviously the rise in hate crimes, it's, it seems that you know that's can't like ignore it. it's real too like i mean it's it's I, we we should anybody who thinks there's a mystery as to why it's happening is not paying attention right uh, and i think the blame should go squarely on you know the people who are riling up the uh often unstable uh you know people who who, who have the potential to do those sorts of things yeah the the thing that i think is you know, the Civil War talk, you know, I always, I kind of get a kick, uh, who was it, Steve Deese, that Iowa, um, I, don't, I don't know if he's a, I don't know if he's actually a pastor, but he's like a, a, a right-wing. Yeah, uh, he has a radio man. show, doesn't he? Yeah, and I was super influential in Iowa. Yeah. He, the other day, he tweeted, Civil War, and I'm like, you know what, guess what, buddy, I mean, and you, you served in the military, I mean, like, you know, good luck with a bunch of Billy Bobs out there and then a military that can go boop on a drone. And, you know, yeah. I mean, it's just, the whole thing is preposterous, right? Right. Uh, it doesn't mean it's not concerning, but it's preposterous. Right. And, and the thing that I always think about, I was real involved when I was with the Associated Press uh, in Indiana, I covered the execution of Timothy McVeigh. Oh, wow. Uh, and Tara Haute. And so in the lead up to that, I, I wrote a ton. I, I was like knee deep in, in the whole Oklahoma City bombing you know, everything that had happened and the militia movement that led to it and that sort of stuff. And the thing that I think should be troubling, I mean, any hate crime is of course troubling on its own. Yeah. Uh, but you know, the, the, the biggest fear we have outside of like the civil war talk and stuff is, is just a, a lone wolf because that's what McVeigh was. I mean, right. like, you know, the militias were on the radar big time, uh, but nobody saw McVeigh really. I mean, he was maybe known as a little sort of, off figure that yeah. whatever he lived somewhere, but nothing serious. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, it, it doesn't, you don't need a civil war, right. You need one, uh, completely, uh, out of their mind person, you know, who again, like McVeigh is capable of actually doing something like horrible, like what he did. Um, and that's, you know, uh, 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 that's where the, I think the fear should be. I, the civil war talk is almost a distraction yeah. from the fact that you have an entire political party that is basically fomenting uh, distrust in the government. Yeah. Uh, in, is, is, is creating division on, you know, on, along racial lines, obviously. Um, and just, you know, creating a, a, a just a, awful situation right yeah, now it's, it's it's an environment it's like it's like somebody released gas and all it just right. all it takes is a, a strike of a match yeah, the thing. yeah. I, I was following a story yesterday i don't know if you saw the story this week in oklahoma where a librarian did a, a, a funny tiktok of her oh God, did you see so, that yeah. yeah she's she dances in says oh here's me getting ready to do my woke agenda ha 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 gets picked up by course by libs of tiktok and then the actual head of education of the state of oklahoma reposts it 
and they've had to shut down schools all week because bomb threats across mm-hmm. Oklahoma City or Tulsa, I think it was, you know, just insanity. And 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 it's just insane. And I'll tell you something, and, and I am an Iraq veteran. I did three combat tours. And I was there at the very beginning when the war started. I, I was part of the invasion in 2003 at the 101st Airborne. I was there when the first bomb started going off. I was there the first time my base got rocketed. Um, you know, I'm literally talking to my wife at the time on the phone, and I hear the, 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 the rockets that were marching in. There was the first time they used them, so they were trying to find out where we were. And I'm literally talking to my wife, like, got to go. She's like, well, you know, we're actually fighting, believe it or not, but we're divorced now, go figure. <laughs> and we were fighting and she's like, I said, look, I got to go. She's like, oh, you don't want to talk. No, I got to go hide because <laughs> we're being rocketed. You know, so I've been there, you know, yeah, sorry, I got to go hide under my desk because I'm about to get freaking bombed. But I saw it develop and you're right. It, it, the thing I think a lot of people make the mistake of thinking is that a civil war will look like 1861 and it will not. No states yeah. are going to secede. What it is going to look like Iraq in 2003, 2004, where a couple people started grabbing guns and decided to take matters in their own hands. And and that and it is and essentially an insurgency. You can call it what you want. Um, the difference between insurgency and a civil war is how you define the insurgent, in my humble opinion, and their goals. Um, I think that's what we should really be afraid of is an insurgency. And what scares me is the inability of our government to actually investigate those insurgents because the Republican Party stops it. I mean, we literally just had Tommy Tuberville say, oh, there's no white nationalists in the military. I call those Americans. <laughs> no, we got no shit white nationalists in the military and they're they're actually hurting people. Uh, when you've got a United States Marine Corps major indicted for January 6th because he pushed a police officer out of the way and opened the door in the Capitol, an active duty United States Marine Corps field grade officer with like 13 years in the military from Quantico Marine Corps base made his way to the U.S. Capitol and assaulted a police officer. That worries me. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty striking. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I, I just, uh, you know, how, how we bring the temperature down again right. when it, cause again, it's not like there's a few squawkers out there making two, it's not like an Alex Jones type and a couple others who are, who are causing problems. It is, it is quite literally an entire political party that is, and, and I realize that's roping in some people who aren't doing anything. Sure. Apologies to them, but they're also not doing enough to stand up to the ones who are doing doing this stuff, right? Like Marjorie Taylor Greene has no business being anywhere (laughs) where she has any power. Uh, You know, uh, who is it you mentioned before? Ogle, I think. Yeah, Andy Ogles. Yeah, I mean, there's a bunch of... There's a bunch of people in there who are wreaking havoc on our democracy, basically, uh, in various ways. And they are, are, are again, sowing distrust, which is a big problem. Um, they are making people, oftentimes people who already feel helpless, feel even more helpless by suggesting that the current administration is completely corrupt and a yeah. criminal enterprise and blah, blah, blah. All of these things compound and, and they, they, yeah, they, they create that sort of, you know, secret sauce. So whoever in the Republican Party, and there are certainly some who who are still, you know, con, you know, actual conservatives and, and yeah. believe in things that, you know, that you would traditionally believe in and whatnot. I, I, I am sorry to lump you in, but you have to take control of that. I can't do it. Nobody else can do it. The party needs to rein itself in because it is creating a, a very toxic situation that is allowing everything from hate crimes to January 6th to, you know, God knows what else uh, to happen. And it's, 
dangerous. It is real dangerous. Yeah, a, a democracy won't survive, and that's that should scare everybody. Uh, and look, I, I compare it a lot to 1930s. Um, you know, the it, everybody goes, oh, it's it, it is the it's actually the 1920s, right? It's the lead up to 1930s before Hitler took power. What they did was they fomented hatred, they fomented violence in the streets. They had the brown shirts fighting the the Bolsheviks in the streets, and they turn around and said, look at this violence. Oh my God, you, we can solve that. <laughs> you know, it's like you, it, and that I, I, I can't help but hear the echoes and see the echoes today where they're inciting the violence, they're encouraging the violence, and then turn around and say, look at the violence. Oh, you know, and you live, you live in Chicago. You live in Chicago. It, 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 it's a constant subject of Chicago. I live in Missouri. There was a great story today in Bloomberg uh, for my fellow Anita on the show and talking about how states are actually attacking their own cities now. And here in St. Louis, they're constantly talking about the crime problem in St. Louis. At the same time, taking away all the ways to control guns, <laughs> you know, so we're flooded with guns, you know, cutting money to the, you know, it, it, it's just, it, it's an assault on the people that live here. And, um, and they're using it to foment that violence and then go, oh, my God, look at the crime. Uh, yeah. it, it, is, it is a death loop uh, that can't be worked. Well, I really appreciate this conversation. Now, tell me something. Most important thing I want to know. Are you going to do uh, – so those, as I mentioned quickly in the biography, I know I talk fast. So one of the things I love about what you do, Rex, is your annual insult to columnist. So for those who aren't familiar, for many years, Rex took it upon himself to raise money for a food bank in Chicago. And now he's a national reporter at USA Today. I believe you've taken it national uh, for opportunities. For, are you going to be doing that again this year? Uh, that's my plan. Yeah, we haven't actually, uh, it hasn't been uh, formalized yet. Still but yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that, they, actually, I'm glad you bring that up. I should probably start looking into that. Get to yeah, work. <laughs> yeah, the insulted columnist holiday food drive, uh, a tradition like no other. Yeah. Uh, but that was, just, you know, and the whole idea behind that too was a way of like trying to redirect all the hatred and stuff in a way. It's like, hey, look, if you hate me, how about you donate to this food bank? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, see if you can actually do something good. And if and it, and I'm like putting it out that way. You know, it's democracy in action, right? right. I mean, if, if people that hate me don't, you can donate under Rex Rocks or Rex Stinks. If Rex Stinks wins, then hey, I, I stink. I'll write a mean column about myself. You know, and just try to level things out. But yeah, I was really happy when I got to USA Today and. They let me uh, uh, continue that and everything. So uh, hopefully we will. Yeah, that would be. It's always a nice way to end the year, at least. On, yeah. And also not for nothing too. It's a reminder that you know we hear all the hate we hear all the chatter and the the meanness and all that sort of stuff but despite it all i i, I do still truly believe that there are way more good people out there yeah uh you know than than unhinged people and even if they disagree and even if they you know have some beliefs political or otherwise that i don't you know align with uh you will still see people who will you know when they see someone having a hard time, they will do what they can to try to help and stuff. And that is a good thing. I mean, because if we don't stay somewhat anchored to a belief that there's general goodness, right. Then, then we're really screwed. So uh, yeah. So I, I do like to do that. And, you know, USA today has been cool about it. And so hopefully we'll come around again. I love it. I look forward to anything I do to help uh, as always, I'll definitely push it out to our incredible family. The Myers touch family, especially is incredibly supportive. And, and it's funny what you say, about the goodness. I, I've had like a couple of, you know, I always have negative comments in the show and I, I people don't realize that I, I go into the replies. It's I'm, I'm a glutton for punishment. And the, yeah, lovely, the yeah. lovely thing about being a Myers Touch Network is there's very few really horrible. It's just a really lovely place to be. And, and you know, somebody recently said something like, oh, this anchor, this the anchor of this show is just kind of nuts, right? Or something. It was, it was pretty funny. And I said, yeah, name's Fred, you know, good to meet you. And the, and the person, you know, I, instead of getting mad about it, I kind of laughed about it, but he came back with the most lovely note like, hey, dude, I'm so sorry. I just had a really bad morning. 
thing. <laughs> you know, you know, I'm a big fan of your work. I'm like, bro, I get it. I, I, you know, I, I've had, you weren't inaccurate. I am kind of crazy. So, you know, there's, you're right. There isn't, we, we have our disagreements and we can say things. And if you take it, you know, I, I've had so many conversations. Like, I had a young man during the heat of those things send me the most nasty. And he was a kid, like 20 or 18, nastiest Facebook message. And I said, okay, hold on, dude. You're a kid. Where are you getting this from? And I, and I did. I, I said, well, you're just like 18 or 19. You're in high school, right? And he was. Well, I just hate your, what you stand for. Like, well, what is it that I you hate? And, and we literally had the most, honest to God, in the end, we had this wonderful exchange. And my partner thought I was crazy at the time. But I was like, you know, I... You know, we have to have these conversations. We're going to have to figure it out that yeah. you and I are not these cartoon personas. We are humans, okay. you know, that we have feelings, we get hurt, and, and so do our opponents sometimes. That's why I never use the term enemy. I never use, I try to stick to the old timey, my opponent, because that's, we're still Americans. Or in the end, we're going to have to figure out a way to get along. Um, we're going to have to find a way to sit at the football field and have conversations again um, that don't involve Donald Trump or anything else. And uh, so when I was circling back to the point, I, I love what you're doing. I love that you do that. And again, if I can help in any way, I'm happy to do so. So where can people find your witty repertoire and your award-winning writing? <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I'm a, I'm a uh, opinion columnist at USA Today. So usatoday.com yeah. backslash Rex Hupke is, is pretty much where everything's warehoused. I have uh, my, my Facebook page is... Uh, Facebook.com backslash Rex is a jerk because, you know, that seemed appropriate and works just on uh, Twitter, which I will never call anything but Twitter. And, uh, you know, all the other, you know, blue sky holler, the 70,000 other social media sites yeah. that we've had to create while yeah. Elon Musk ruins uh, Twitter. Yes, so, he does. Yeah. Well, good. I'm so glad. Well, everybody's got to follow you. I appreciate your time. Thanks for joining the show. I've been wanting to have you on forever. Keep what you're doing and keep a sense of humor about it. We appreciate it. Yeah, you too, man. And thanks for everything you do. And it's great to be uh, able to talk to you finally. And stuff. So. Indeed. All right. Talk to you soon. All right, take care. Man, what a great conversation. Uh, you know, you do just got to laugh. That's probably the title of the episode, Matt. You, know, you just got to laugh because uh, what else can you do? Uh, you know, at some point, you've got to accept that uh, we live in a crazy time and uh, and you have to mock bullies and you have to accept what we've said. Um, there's real serious issues in our country right now. I talk about a lot, but but I, I will say this and I say it again and again and again. We are winning. You see people like Rex and others doing these good things and you see – you see the good uh, people in our country who, who get it right. Uh, so it's easy to fall into dis you know, all the despair. It's all if we believe we're losing, but I don't believe for one second. Uh, I believe that we're on the right side of history. And 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 as my friend Alex Vinman wrote in his book, you know, here right matters. It's right here. Here right matters. And I believe still that here right matters. And and that will win. You know, the the we will win because we're doing the right thing. And 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 it'll take some time. It'll be a battle. Uh, and we're in the middle of it. But. We'll get there. Man, as you know, I'm the national chairman of the Forgotten Democrats. Uh, we've had some really wonderful town halls recently. I'd love you to check out the Forgotten Democrats, ForgottenDemocrats.org. What we're doing is very simple. We're, we're raising money through your monthly donations where you actually join your organization. Now, look, this isn't like your typical where you just give a donation and they forget about you. The reason we use the model we do where you donate monthly a small amount, hopefully, or if a big amount, it'd be great, is because you actually become a member of the community. You'll have exclusive access to we'll have town halls just for members. We'll have opportunities for for members to participate and support in our candidates. And the money goes directly to candidates. It's not like other, where we just like write a small check for $3,300. No, because of our FEC earmark, we actually distribute this money in large amounts. And until your specific money goes to one candidate to the tune of a max out, otherwise it's maybe you're giving a dollar a month to one candidate spread across 
a dozen or more candidates. It's a very unique model. There's nothing else like it at the national level. And I would love you to check it out. It says ForgottenDemocrats.org. I'm very proud to be the national chairman and be part of that. Um, as always, our goal here, oh, by the way, I forgot, an easy way to join, almost forgot, Matt, is just text FRED to 33777. That's 33777. Just text FRED. You join our email list. You find out what we're doing. Super, super, super easy. In the meantime, please join us. Our Substack community is growing. It's fpwellman at substack.com, as well as all the places you can find us. FPWellman official on threads, which is growing. I'm loving threads. I got a desktop app now. I'm using it. Uh, I've got fpwellman official on Instagram. I'm having a lot of fun there as well. I hope you join us there. FPWellman, I'm still on Twitter. I'm not going anywhere anytime soon it's still where a lot of my friends and and frankie uh, our foils exist as well i can't i can't beat up on jenna ellis anywhere else and so i'm still with threads or twitter You'll find On Democracy Pod at the On Democracy Pod YouTube channel as well as on Twitter. Uh, and of course, we would love for you to go to Apple or Spotify, download us audibly, leave it a like, leave it a, a review. We love hearing from you. And as always, if you're a Midas Touch Mighty, the Midas Mighty, and you're watching the show on Friday night or over the weekend or anytime you're watching, please leave a comment. I try to I try to wade in. I usually stay up on Friday night and watch the show as it rolls out and reply to your comments as they're rolling. So say hi uh, and be sure to join us whenever you can. Thank you to our great sponsors this week, BetterHelp. And, and and I'll tell you right now, I, I believe in therapy. I believe in, I think BetterHelp's a great model. Uh, that's where I started was online therapy. It's a great place to get comfortable with, with being comfortable with therapy and having it easy and accessible. So please check out BetterHelp. I would love you to check out Sugar and Spruce. Sugar and Spruce is a lovely small business company located in, in, in Fredericksburg, Virginia, it makes handmade bath products, most by hand, women-owned, family-owned, and frankly, you might as well know it, it's my family. <laughs> it's my daughter and my ex-wife, and they run that thing, and it's a lovely little business that I used to sell soap at. So if you could check them out at sugarandspruce.com, it'd be great, as well, all of our other sponsors that join us each each week. So thank you for everything you do. As always, our friends at Vibe Media, our home here at Half Coast Studios in beautiful Gravecore, Missouri, are the great digital marketing firm you can trust. So with setting all that, be sure to join us every week. Be sure to join the Minus Touch Network so you can see when I do my little hot takes and videos. I got a new one coming out today. We'd love you for to watch those. We've hit, oh, I didn't tell Matt. By the way, guys, you're here to hear the news. We hit 15 million views this week, Matt. 15 million views in four months. 15 million views in four months. Thanks to the Midas Mighty on the Midas Touch Network. It's such a thrill and an honor. I can't thank my friends, Brett, Jordy, and Ben for a letting me be part of their family, be a part of the Minus Touch family and all my fellow creators. Uh, it's a great place to be. Having said that, thanks for joining the show. We will see you next week.